0: Alright, so I have a friend, right? and, um, and someone laughing that i got a friend? <laughs> I've got many friends, alright, I have many friends. Have so I have a friend, and a, f- well, a while ago actually, he was walking around Terrigal with another mate, and he, so walk around near the skillion, and he wanted to walk from one side of the skillion to the other, but along the cliff face, so that's a picture of, where he was walking around. He wanted to walk along the cliff face. So they kind of got down, started, you know, making their way across the rocks. And then they reached this kind of, this slopy bit of the rock, this smooth, slopey part, which, like, you, you, there's no footholds on that. So I don't know how you're going to get across it. But so the thing that he does, he decides to go across it. So he kind of like, I don't know, he kind of like shimmies his way across like this and somehow nearly gets across, but he actually, he, he slips, right? He slips, but um, he didn't die, so, you know, don't worry. And actually, he's in this room, so, like, afterwards, try and figure out who it is. And maybe you get a prize, maybe you won't, but you probably won't, so don't even try. So, he, he slips, right? He doesn't fall to his death, though, but he could have fallen to a de- his death. Now put yourself in, like imagine you're this guy for a second. Imagine you're him, but instead of not falling, imagine you actually fall and you fall to your death. And imagine that you come, so when we die, everyone's going to come before God. And so if you died tonight and you stood before God, would he let you into heaven? I reckon that's something pretty important to think about. Now that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. And it is the most important question you will ever ask yourself in your entire life. Because it determines how your eternity is going to be spent. Alright, so Elliot read out um, a passage of the Bible for us just then. And let me just set the scene for you guys. So, in the passage, we see Jesus being executed alongside two other criminals. And Jesus has actually been falsely accused by his enemies. He hasn't actually done anything wrong. He lived a perfect life. And so, he's brought out after being tortured and he's executed on the cross. Now, back in those days, crucifixion was like, it was the biggest punishment they had. So it's like the death penalty, but like, oh, it is the death penalty, but it's like one level up from the death penalty, or 20 levels up. It is the worst possible way to die. And so these two criminals, we've got kind of a representation behind me. These two criminals would have been the worst type of criminals if they were being executed. And so this is the scene we've got here. So we're going to look at closely, more closely at these two criminals and we're going to look at a few different things. These guys, these two criminals have one massive thing in common and they also have two massive things in in difference. Two massive things differently between them that aren't common. You got it? Good. Alright. So the first similarity Well, the one similarity that these criminals have is that both of these criminals are huge sinners. They're huge sinners. Have a look at verse 40 with me. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are are under the same sentence. We are punished punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. So, both of these criminals are getting executed for what they've done. And these guys deserve to be executed. These criminals are sinners. Like I said before, execution on the cross, crucifixion, is the worst way to die. It's the worst punishment they've got. And these criminals are sinners. It's like if you, if you see like a row of kind of dudes wearing orange jumps, sh- jumpsuits and they've got shackles on them kind of walking down death row, like you know they've obviously done something bad. Like they, didn't, they didn't rob a store or something like that. They did something pretty bad. These guys are sinners. And you even get this guy, one of them, actually admitting that they deserve the punishment. In verse 41, one of the criminals say, yeah, we deserve it. We deserve this punishment because we're sinners. Both of these criminals up here are massive sinners. Now, you might be surprised to hear this, but Jesus actually says that we have the same problem. Now, we may not be murderers or anything, but at our hearts, we're all sinners and we've all rejected God. Every one of us here is a sinner. Now, let me explain to you guys what sin is, because if you don't understand what sin is, you won't understand how we can actually get to heaven. So sin is basically when we mistreat each other, but more importantly, it's when we mistreat God. So, all of us, all of us have mistreated our friends, our parents, and we've all thought bad things about others, and all of that shows us that we're sinful people. Like, imagine, like, so, imagine if every day of your life could and was uploaded onto YouTube, right? And it was uploaded for everyone to see, and... Your videos as well are as popular as Gangnam Style. So you've got like 900, check it out, nearly 900 million people have watched it. So everybody's watching your videos of your life, every single thing you've done, uploaded to YouTube, everything, even the stuff that you thought no one was looking at. So not only that, but what you're thinking is put on the videos as well. Those little annotation boxes. Everything you do and think on YouTube for everyone to see. Would you be okay with people watching them? I, the only sane answer is no. I would hate it for people, to be, for people to see everything that I've done. I've done many, many things that I'm ashamed of I would hate for people to see on YouTube. Now, that stuff that we're ashamed of people seeing is probably sin. there's probably stuff that we're not ashamed of that we should be ashamed of. So not only, treating, not only not treating others right is sin, but more importantly, not treating God right is sin. Now, answer this in your head. Do I treat God right? We all ignore God, and we treat ourselves as God. Why is ignoring our friends or ignoring our boyfriend or girlfriend bad? Why is that bad? It's because we have a relationship with that person, and when we ignore that person, we break that relationship with the person. Now, we have a relationship with God, but when we ignore him, We break and sever that relationship with him. To ignore God is the worst sin. But we do that all the time. To ignore the God who loves you, who gave you life, who gave you everything good in your life, of course that shows you we're sinful people. Why do we lock our doors? Why do we not even trust our friends with our new iPhone 5? Why are we embarrassed of letting people watch our YouTubes of our lives? It's because we're sinful. We treat each other bad and we treat God bad. So that's one big thing these guys have in common. But there are two major differences between these two criminals. And these differences are huge. And if you get these differences, if you understand them, then you'll understand how you can be led into heaven. Because here's the thing, even though both of these criminals are massive sinners, one of them will be going to heaven. So the first massive difference between these criminals is that one admits that he's a sinner, but one doesn't admit it. Have a look at verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. The first criminal, instead of owning up to it, he starts making fun of Jesus. He taunts him by saying, Oh, if you really are the Christ, hop off the cross and save us. If you're so powerful, why don't you do it? This guy, so this guy knows that Jesus had been going around, calling himself the king who's going to come and save the world. But instead, this criminal sees him dying on a cross. So he starts making fun of him. In his dying moments, he refuses to swallow his pride and admit that he should be up there. There's no regret for his bad life, and his last act as a living person is to make fun of God himself. But check out what the other guy does in verse 40. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence? That's a huge difference. This criminal is telling the other criminal to stop making fun of Jesus. He asks them, don't you fear God? This criminal is afraid of God and knows that the other one should be too. He's afraid of God because he knows what he is like in his heart. Both of them have done terrible things to people. They've both ignored God. And so they both deserve to be on those crosses. That's the first major difference between them. One admits it, the other doesn't. So the second major difference between these two criminals is that this criminal responds to Jesus rightly, but this criminal rejects Jesus. So have a look at verse 42. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So this criminal knows he's a sinner and he knows he's helpless and he knows he can't get to heaven by himself. So he asked Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you become king. Save me. He responds rightly to Jesus in two ways. First of all, he recognizes Jesus as the king. He asks Jesus to remember him when he comes to his kingdom. He knows that Jesus is in charge and he wants to come to Jesus that way. And second, he comes to Jesus as the saviour. The only one who can save this man is Jesus. And so this criminal comes to Jesus as that person. Now, because he does this, because he comes to Jesus and doesn't try to save himself, this is the answer that Jesus gives him. Verse 43. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus tells them, I'll see you there. Now imagine being that criminal. Knowing what you've done to people and what you've done to God. Knowing that you're about to face God and give an account for the life you've lived. And then hearing those words. Today... You will be with me in paradise. That's awesome. That is the best news that that criminal could ever have heard in his life. That sounds great, but how how is it possible? Because, like, is Jesus just trying to comfort this guy before he dies? Like, I'm sure I'll see you in heaven, buddy. No. (laughs) Is that it? Well, I don't think so. This guy, Jesus just promised, was going to heaven. He doesn't do anything to deserve it. He doesn't do anything to deserve going to heaven. He just, like, he doesn't get off his cross and, you know, start going to church and he gets baptized and he stops swearing and stuff. He just dies. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't actually do anything other than come to Jesus as Lord and Savior, all he did was ask, and then jesus said i 'll see you in heaven you don 't get to heaven by being good. if, any, if anyone says otherwise they 're lying. Now let me show you how it works. so imagine you 're like you 're sitting in your HSC exam few years off for you guys I imagine. Um, so you're sitting in the HSC exam for your worst, most hated subject, like maths or whatever. I don't know. I feel like do most people hate maths. Yes. Yes. I reckon most people hate maths. But I know there are a few people who probably like maths. So just imagine, just imagine, we're all imagining, imagine you're sitting in the exam for your worst, most hated subject. All right? You haven't studied, you haven't even gone to class. You have no idea what is going to even be in this exam. Alright. But sitting next to you, you've got a friend. This friend is like a, like a genius. He knows, he knows the subject really well. He's probably going to get at least 100%, possibly more. He's that smart. <laughs> and so the exam starts, you start writing your answers. Everyone's writing their answers. And then five minutes before the end of the exam, your friend looks over to your answers and he, he knows you're going to fail pretty miserably. But your friend doesn't want you to fail. So what he does, he takes your exam, he rubs off your name, and he writes his name on it. And he gets his exam, rubs off his name, and writes your name on it. So your friend, your friend ends up getting your bad marks. And you get his good marks because of that swap he did. You didn't do anything to get those marks. It was all because your friend did it for you. Now let me explain to you how this works with these crosses in a much more important way. So Jesus, he's perfect. He's the only human without sin. He's represented by white, perfect spotless, no sin. And then you've got these two criminals. They're black with sin. And so on the cross, as Jesus dies, he actually takes on our sin and becomes black with sin. I my head. He becomes black with our sin. He absorbs our sin. He takes on our bad record. And so he takes on our punishment as well. And as that happens, this happens to those who trust Jesus. Their sin disappears because Jesus has taken it on himself. And they get Jesus' perfect record. So if you trust Jesus, this criminal who trusted Jesus, sin is removed. Now if you're like this criminal and if you respond rightly to Jesus by coming to him as your king and as your saviour, then God will let you into heaven. That's the only way you will get to heaven, by trusting Jesus and following him as king. So here's what this means for you guys you may have walked through those doors tonight guilty and like these two criminals, standing under the punishment of God. But if you trust Jesus as your saviour and as your king, you can walk out tonight not guilty but forgiven because of what Jesus has done on the cross. So what you need to do to become a Christian is just trust Jesus and see him as your king. Now I'm going to give you guys a moment to make that choice right now. Take a moment now and make that decision in your head. Are you going to follow Jesus as your savior and king and be forgiven by God? Make that decision. Now, if you've made that decision to come to Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, as your King, then you've just become a Christian. Now, that's awesome if you've done that. That's really awesome. You've become forgiven by God and when you die, you will go to heaven to be with God forever. That's an, aw- that's an awesome thing to have happened to you, just by trusting, not by anything you've done. Now, an awesome thing to do as a Christian is pray to that God. And so pray with me. And if you're, if you're one of the people here who have chosen to start following Jesus then I'm going to be praying for you guys. So pray with me. Father, I want to thank you so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven. Father, I want to thank you so much that there are people in this room who have decided to put their trust and follow Jesus. Thank you so much that they are now forgiven. I pray that you will... Help those who are unsure about this. Give give them clarity. Help them understand their need for Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us all love what Jesus has done for us. We thank you so much for what Jesus has done on the cross. Amen.